Hey, you're listening to The Weekly Bakay, hosted by Toby, Jasmine, and Sophie. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Weekly Bakay. This is Toby. This is Jasmine. And this is Sophie. And we're coming to you live in the summertime. So excited for everything that's in store. And yeah, we're just excited to be back together telling you all that's been going on in our lives in the past month in pop culture, some amazing concerts that we were able to attend. So yeah, it's been a good one. So we hope that you enjoy everything that's on this episode. And as you can hear, Drogon definitely agrees. So starting things off with a life update, I'll go ahead and get things started. So June so far has been very busy. Um, it's had its shares of ups and downs for sure. I can start with the downs because love to end on a positive note. But a couple weeks ago, I actually found out that I have celiac disease, which really sucks. Um, and it was confirmed this past week after kind of a crazy wild run at the hospital with like getting my tests done and an endoscopy that just did not go well at all. It was a complete horror story. But I mean, I live here to tell the tale. And so now not only do I have type 1 diabetes, but I now have celiac disease. So that's two of the big like five autoimmune diseases, which isn't ideal. Um, Adds another layer to the already busy AF life that I'm living. Definitely feels like I have another job trying to manage these two. But Um, On the bright side, I guess, like, living in L.A. makes it a lot easier to, I guess, live a gluten-free lifestyle. For those of you who aren't familiar with celiac, it means that you have to go 100% gluten-free because eating gluten um, destroys your small intestine. And apparently, according to my doctor, I've had it for, like, two years, and I didn't know. But because I've had it for such a long time and it went untreated, I started to get some of the symptoms, like... um, I was having problems with my mood, like depression, headaches. Um, I was losing weight. Like at one point I lost close to five pounds in a week, just like a couple weeks ago. So things were pretty intense, but um, super thankful for like support from like family and friends and like prayer and stuff, or even like shout out to our friend Gurbani who like took me to the hospital that day and like drove me all around LA to get the test done and manage all the drama that came with my T1D and everything on that day. So yeah, it's, it's been a nightmare, but I'm doing my best. Um, and yeah, I guess I'm excited for my healing and for my health to get better now that um, I guess my diet is going to change to try and repair all of that damage that was done over the past few years. And then on the bright side, I'm now like getting a bit used to the type 1 diabetes diagnosis in terms of managing it, that part is getting a bit easier. So I'm thankful at least that I had a bit of a gap in between the two diagnoses because I think getting both at once would have been a lot for me to handle. But um, yeah, you know, healing is possible. Miracles are possible. So let's see. Um, And work has been crazy. New campaign, second campaign that I've managed at Disney dropping this upcoming week. So look out for that. I'm excited to post about it. It's been it's been a lot, but really smart team, really great team. Love working with the partners that I get to work with. And I mean, fashion is always fashion. So it's it's always gonna come with its ups and downs. But at the end of the day, the excitement of when a like a story comes out is really cool. Um and then the final up is that well I hope it's not the final up, but um <laughs> <laughs> last week, actually the same day I found out that celiac disease was confirmed. I also found out that the reason why my TED talk was taking so long to get published on the internet is because TED has decided that they want to promote it up to its TED channels. And not only that, but put it on TED.com and share it directly to their 38.5 million subscribers. So Let's just all take a second. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, shout out to God, shout out to my coaches, shout out to my family, and shout out to all my friends, like Sophie, Jasmine, everyone who like was there for me during that time, like tuning into Zoom, coming to my apartment for the rehearsals, as I've said many times on this podcast, but like I couldn't have done it without any of you. And like every single day I've been praying, I'm like, Lord, just like help that TEDx talk to be seen by the right people touch the right lives, be impacted by the right people. So for this to happen and for all of a sudden my reach to grow this much 
is just like insane. And my coach is really happy. The organizers are really happy. Everyone is super proud of me and just like really thankful to have been a part of the journey. And so um, everyone's really excited to see what could happen after it comes out. We're trying to get our ducks in a row on this end. Jasmine has now taken on the role of my PR director. So we're trying to gear up and be 100% ready. Um, so yeah, there's going to be more of me coming to your screens. And that's my update, passing the mic to Jasmine. <laughs> oh my gosh, Tobes. If you guys are still here after going through those roller coaster of emotions with us, thank you for bearing with us. And please send your prayers and love to Toby. And, you know, just be along for the ride. Like we always say, this is just oh the beginning. It's just, it's just the beginning. I know. Can we trademark that? So, <laughs> probably. Probably yeah, not, actually. <laughs> I, know, yeah. I feel like that might be taken. Um, but yeah, Toby, I'm just glad that we finally have all the answers in regards to your health that we needed to have. Please, God, no more surprises. Let's get let's get this in order. Let's get you in a routine that's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And let's just keep focusing on the up and up. And also, if you're asking yourself, didn't Toby just have a campaign come out recently? She already has another one coming out. Yes, she did. Yes. So, yeah, you heard it here first, but lots to look forward to. Congrats, Tobes, and we love you. Oh, thank um, you. Of love course. You yes. And in terms of updates for me, life has been picking up a little bit at work. I have definitely started to step into more bigger responsibilities and bigger Um, opportunities with my job. So that's been really exciting for the first like two months. I've really just been working on kind of like the basic entry level task and getting into a routine with that. But then of course the uh, person, the mentor that I work under, she got slammed with things. And so I have been taking over a lot of her load to help alleviate any stress and work. And that's been interesting to learn how to integrate that into already my daily schedule that takes up like my daily task in my schedules that takes up a lot of time. But, you know, as Toby has mentioned, life is only getting busier. And so it's been a great opportunity for practice. In terms of my personal life, I tried to make a goal for myself that I was going to start dating more. Um, I, I've gone on one date and I will say it, it went really well. Um, it definitely was a great opportunity to like start getting the energy moving again and just to see that I still have the like social skills and the ability to- <laughs> check social skills check, check. check. <laughs> and like the ability to connect with like strangers and stuff obviously I'm able to do that with like my friends but and like the friends that we've met um here in LA but it's definitely a different opportunity to connect with someone when there's a more of, of like a romantic interest and intent Um, But Mm. that's been funny. But I will say Hinge, you guys, is so fucking overwhelming. Like, first of all, the algorithm is a scam. Like, there are some, like... Your perfect match is Shrek? Yeah, a dud. (laughs) A fucking dud. It's my perfect match. Um, But it's just really funny because it's, like, obviously living in Los Angeles, there is lots of different types of people, lots of different types of personalities, and, you know paths that you can cross with and I will say like it's been really cool to see like the diversity of men that I'm interacting with but some people are just so out of pocket and just you know you really cringe at some of the things that people say like who told you like that's how you communicate to get to know somebody um just and I and I what I like about hinge is that it gives you a chance to like have writing prompts on your profile I'm sure we're all familiar with hinge and people can respond to that and it's it's very telling like the kinds of like the it's very telling of someone based on how they respond to you but it's so fucking overwhelming I have messages that I've not responded to in weeks I like every time I open up the app I close it again um because I'm I'm all for the idea that like us as humans we're never supposed to be this accessible to each other but yes please pray that I hold uphold myself to my goal of going on a few more dates within the next month so I can have more stories for you I'm trying to tell myself that there's I don't have anything to lose and if anything these dates and these stories are great content pieces so that's been a little bit about me (laughs) we love to hear it I know but yeah um so how has the last month of June been for you um yeah June's been uh super busy I've um I started my internship well, technically, it's like an externship, but let's not get into the technicalities. Um, I started that with a law firm that's based out of New York. Um, we specialize in securities litigation, which is basically, um, I 
don't want to get it. It's so boring, but it's like uh, toxic loans and like I deal with like the Securities Exchange Act. I deal with RICO claims. Um, it's a lot of federal laws and it kind of deals with like stocks and bonds and um, all that kind of stuff. So uh, super niche, small uh, law facet that um, is really nice because I have unique uh, experience in comparison to some of my other classmates who are doing stuff that we learned in class. Like there's not necessarily classes that you take to learn about securities litigation. You kind of just do it. Mm -hmm. um, but it encompasses a lot of things like contracts law, um, sometimes property law. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We, since we are, since it, since it is such a small um, facet of law, we take on a lot of clients um, because there's not many firms that do what we do. So we are constantly busy. There's always a lot of things going on. And um, while we are based out of New York, uh, we have a lot of clients across the country um, that we represent as well. So I'm learning a lot about New York law. I'm learning a lot about Utah law, Arizona law, all these types of crazy shit. Um, but it's uh, pretty interesting. It's just really time consuming. Um, so personal life-wise, this is like, <laughs> there is, this is my personal life now um, and I'm also like enrolled in a class as well so um, I'm just super busy with school but honestly I've, I have a, I'm having a lot of fun this is I mean stocks and bonds and convertible notes are like the most boring mundane thing in the world like no one fucking cares about the Securities Exchange Act no one cares about the NASDAQ at least my people don't like I'm not trying to invest you know like none of I was gonna like, say stuff. I actually know plenty of people who are interested in the NASDAQ. plenty of people are but like the people like my people like we are not I'm not we're not worried about it like that is like yeah. not our topics of conversation at dinner so when now that I have like this expansive knowledge on some of these topics I was like wow this is like very unique um don't ask me how to invest because I, I don't know how to do that all I know is that people that are investing wrong and I have to go protect them so I can tell you what to not do uh um, okay but I can tell you, I don't know what to tell you to make a whole bunch of money. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> well, that would be insider trading anyways. Well, right? No. <laughs> oh, then what is it? So, well, I can tell you like, you're getting, well, insider trading is like difficult. Like that, that's like, I know something's going to get released onto the market and it's going to manipulate the market. And then I have all these people buying. So their, their stock that they had when that was 15 cents is now like 35 cents, right? So, yeah. but they know the person that's giving out this information, they know that the company is going to do that kind of stuff. That's how yeah. you're trading, but it also yeah. gives like misappropriation of trade secrets. I mean, it gets like, it gets wild. But I mean, like, just don't get into bad lumps, right? Like, make sure like conversion rates aren't over a certain percentage. Like, a lot of these things, like the companies that we like represent are like the, they're called micro cap companies, which is like mom and pop shops that like are getting into these loans because they don't have revenue, they don't have money. And it just so happens that, the way that they get into these loans and how they pay them back, the way that it's converted is like over a certain percent, which makes it illegal. I don't know. It's it, but there's so much more to it as well. Like, yeah, but that's like minuscule, low base. But um, it's really important to have good lawyers when you're going into these contracts that know what yeah. they're talking about, uh, because I don't think it's um, realistic for us normal people to like know ins and outs of everything so i think it's really important to always have legal counsel if you're like wanting to get into big transactions that is the takeaway of the day takeaway of the day um and speaking of convoluted law um the supreme court has released some opinions this week Say it. Um, setting precedent uh, we've had some of our rights be challenged um talking about proving innocence with miranda rights uh, the big one on the table is uh, abortion rights. Uh, the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, making it unconstitutional, and therefore the power is now going back to the states. So the states now have the power to exercise um, their citizens' rights uh, to of choice. Um, and the big uh, underlying concept of it, I mean, I don't think we really need to get into abortion. Like, everyone's going to have, like, their feelings about it. Like, I respect the Supreme Court. That's the highest court in the nation. They set precedent. They decide what's constitutional or not. The issue is the underlying idea of abortion is these, in, these rights that are not enumerated in the Constitution. So they're not written into the Constitution. So 
the Supreme Court has to decide, hey, is this something that, like, when you're talking about privacy or, like, the right to liberty, is this something that the Constitution is going to uphold? Is it deeply rooted into America's history? Um, they found that abortion is not. So that same legal logic can be placed onto a lot of other rights that were not written to the Constitution. Talking about same-sex marriage, same-sex intimate relationships, rights to contraception, and even wilder interracial marriage and consensual sex outside of marriage. These are all rights that are not written into the Constitution that the Supreme Court has said, hey, this is constitutional. If you're going to overturn Roe v. Wade, then what does it say about those legal logic as well? That legal logic as well. So I know there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say animosity, but I think a lot of people are confused about how this is, how is this possible? How is this happening? Because the law is super convoluted. Um, and like, what does that look like for us in the future? Um, and I think there's a lot of, um, maybe not indifference, but uh, uncertainty with what types of rights are going to be called into question. Uh, next. I would say it's a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And expect, like, I'm, I mean, I've read the Supreme Court. I mean, I read the decision twice now. I mean, it's like 135 pages. Like this shit is nuts. A lot of it's footnotes, so it's really not 135 pages. But that's, that's difficult to navigate for anyone. Even me in law school, the way that they're writing this stuff, it's like, what the fuck's happening? Like, no one knows. All we know is that, over, like, Roe v. Wade's overturning. Like, what does that mean for the rest of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no one understands, like, like, state law is difficult to understand. What rights that we truly have is hard to, like, understand as well. So I think there's a lot of fear out there, and I think that's fair. Um, when you're, there's, now there's, like, okay, some, of one of the justices has like called basically a rallying cry for us to bring, for states to bring back cases that involve same-sex marriage and that involve certain other rights to be decided again by the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. That's what we really should be like <laughs> focusing on. Um, and I think the best way that us, because I mean, nine people just decided the fate of the rest of the country, uh, the best way that we, can try to make a difference or make a stand is like engaging in civil disobedience. Y'all bitches better talk to your representatives, send an email, send like call them, write them. Like you have to let them know like, hey, like I don't want this fate for me or my community. Like I think that's like the, the best way. And I don't know, like I think you can translate fear probably into courage if you want to. Mm-hmm. So like, make sure that you stand in your courage and go out and vote. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, we're missing the easiest thing you can do yes, is to vote. Yes. Like, you have to vote because, like, the Supreme Court, at least one of the justices, has made a rallying cry, say, hey, like, we need to bring these rights. They need to be brought back into the court so that we can re-question them, deeming if they're constitutional or not. You better pray to God. You better pray to God that if one day a right that affects directly you is brought into question and it gets brought back, to the, brought back down to the states, that your representative that you voted for is going to weigh in your favor. The best way to do that is going, going and voting. Being involved in the community, that is like one right that we know we have. Mm-hmm. That is one right that we know that we have that is to vote. So engage in it and participate in it because that, right now, a lot of our rights are getting challenged. So mm-hmm. go out and vote. I mean, I've worked the elections a couple of times. I've had a great experience. I know that's not necessarily um, appropriate for everybody. Not everybody wants to, like, be a poll worker and all that kind of stuff. But if you have the opportunity to, go ahead and, like, just try it out. Honestly, it's really fun. And be a poll worker and be involved in the community. Make sure that you're registered. Make sure that your registration is up to date. Um, Make sure that you get your friends to vote. If you can't have access to the polls, there's so there's there's so many ways that you can get there. You can yeah. do mail-in votes. They have ride shares available. There's so many ex- accessible ways to vote, even though we know that there is a history of um, the state making it difficult for certain communities to vote. Mm-hmm. If you want to stand, if you want to stand, if you want a fucking chance out here, you have to get out and vote. Any which um, way that it's possible. Any which way that's possible. Yeah, I remember I worked a poll with my mom um, when I was I think it was the summer before college. But then even like I get like I think a lot of times we're speaking in an echo chamber because a lot of us I mean, you can say are quote unquote fortunate that on social media, a lot of our followers 
think the way that we all do. So then I, at times, I appreciate everyone, like, like speaking about injustices. But then when everyone is posting on Instagram to a crowd that already thinks the way that they do, and you have the time to do that, but you're not all voting, that's when I'm like, what, what is the point of Instagram posts? Because you're just trying to show off that, yes, I'm thinking this way. Yes, I'm angry. It's like, good. Then put that into action and vote. When I was living in Germany, I was literally like printing my ballots at the Adidas office, signing, scanning, sending them via email to like the Kansas office or whatever it's called. Like, do not talk about not having time because if I could do it in a different country, <laughs> all of us who have the accessibility to do it can. And I mean, I voted for the first time in LA, what, three, it must've been two or three weeks ago. And yes, things can get annoying in LA with how massive it is and trying to understand the systems and everything. But most of the time, there's like a voting center within one to three miles of wherever you live. So it's very, they make it very easy, at least fortunate to live in a county like this, where they do make it easy for people to vote. So um, definitely understand people whose situations are a bit harder. But if you're super passionate, if you want to see change happen, there are ways and it's becoming more accessible than it was in the past. So absolutely. And I yes. think um hate to say it, I'm gonna start getting really irritated with these opinions that are coming out. People wanting to fucking talk about it and not vote. Like what yeah. what can I do? <laughs> like what can I'll I have do? me bored. <laughs> yes. I'm like, okay, but so beautiful thoughts, comments and concerns, but did you vote? Like we're we're hitting primaries, we're hitting midterms. Those are the people, like now the Supreme Court's like, hey, give these rights back to the states. Those are the people, those ones that we're voting for in the next couple of months are what's going to decide our fate for the state. Mm -hmm. So if you feel this way, y'all better just do it. I can't, I let me not get on my soapbox, but I'm like, you guys have to vote, dude. Like we, at this point, it's like, and you feel like your vote doesn't matter. It does. Absolutely. I know. I hear that argument all the time about how our, our votes don't matter. And people use that as a reason to be discouraged to exercise this privilege and this right that we have. However, let's not forget that the three Supreme Court justices that voted to overturn Roe v. Wade were appointed by Donald Trump in his presidency. And And who voted Donald Trump in? Exactly. America. (laughs) Yeah. So you guys, if that is not a prime example of the importance of your vote and how it goes a long way, there it is. Our friends in Kansas on August 2nd, please vote no. Please please like please and yeah please register to vote do what you need to do and let's get this shit done um and for all of those of us who are in fear and feeling helpless especially with this overturn of roe v way there are other things you can do aside from voting that is number one um please you, you can also donate and volunteer at planned parenthood and donate to other abortion funds my the personal fund that i like to donate to is the bridget alliance essentially what they do is they provide the resources and the money and the logistics to be able to provide women the opportunity to travel wherever they need to go to have access to safe abortions and yeah like if you're in a safe state be loud attend a rally attend a protest call your representatives donate volunteer if you are in a trigger state be careful do not disclose your reproductive health history to any healthcare provider at this time delete your period trackers on your phones right now all of us in any way that you are documenting well because now there is um there's a with the concern for privacy a lot of these states can now utilize the information that you put about your period in your phone and use that as evidence if you ever yeah if for any if for any reason you ever have to be questioned about your reproductive history and if you've engaged in having an abortion or not so please if you are documenting your period on any way electronic device take it off now yeah and i think here we are honestly voting is not i mean it is discriminatory in itself but like it if this type of stuff affects everybody i'm tired of also the argument of like oh well abortion doesn't affect me oh but it sure does because it's the right to privacy and Mm -hmm. it also is the right to reproductive health like in general like, yeah. I don't, last time I checked, well, but let me not even get started on IVF. But, I mean, you have to have sperm to, like, make a baby happen. Yeah. Like, it is incredibly important to know that this, these, 
yes, it defaces abortion, but the underlying rights behind it is affecting everyone. Right. Everyone, regardless of what, like, identity you avow with, what political party you affiliate with, if you're Democrat, if you're Republican, if you're right, if you're left, it doesn't matter. Like, you have, at some point, our there's going to be other rights that are getting challenged. I mean, even outside of abortion, we, the Supreme Court basically just said that you can't prove your innocence. Like the Miranda rights issue is mm-hmm. that does not has nothing to do with your gender or your sex. So these rights are getting questioned, and you just hope that if this is going back down to the states that like it's gonna, the representative is going to weigh in your favor. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. Um, We try not to get too political here on the weekly vacay because we like to keep it light and fun for all of you. But this was a really important topic that we needed to highlight and talk about. And oh, 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 no. Okay, never mind. I'll I'll, I'll edit that out. Um, No, keep it. Keep it. Okay. Okay. I was going to say something really superstitious before we moved on to lighter topics. But to end what we were just talking about, vote. And vote. I'll see y'all donate, polls, baby. Yeah. Yes. And yes. donate. And donate. And be but, loud as fuck, you guys. Exactly. Gen Z, we are here to change the world, and we're gonna do it. Amen. And I also saw the protest in LA actually happened close to my apartment, and I saw it yesterday. Um. And yeah, it was great because it was a really diverse group of people, like all marching. And I'm like, damn, we're getting a lot faster. And I think we saw that in 2020 and Mm -hmm. we're seeing it now so it's good that we're keeping that energy but i just thought it was funny because in our last podcast like we had to pause because we got some sort of message and i was like oh haha like how funny would it be if that happened again today and then we get i just looked at my phone and i get another (laughs) again it's it's our energy together something always happens something always happens when us three are together putting our energy in one call. Yo, if we're um, in the same city, call Batman. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Like, it's just about to I can, Gotham City. Yeah. I cannot wait for when we start uploading video, like more video of yes. the podcast, because if you guys could only see our facials and what's happening outside of the audio, it's it's a whole production and theatric in itself. For sure. But anyways, I interrupted you, so please go on with what we were going to discuss next. Because Yes, so... Um, again, moving on to lighter topics, and this weekend, um, the Elvis biopic starring Austin Butler premiered yesterday, or no, Friday on June 24th, and Toby and I had the opportunity to go ahead and watch the movie last yesterday, and I will say, I am not an Elvis stan. Um, it's fake as fuck of me to be like, <laughs> <laughs> to be like, I'm, to be, like, yeah, house I know, I know, um, <laughs> I was there for Austin Butler and now I'm obsessed. So that's where I'm at. Toby, what were your thoughts on the movie before I get any more flustered on this podcast? I mean, the thing is, I feel like the past few months, I remember seeing the trailer for the first time and being like, yo, Austin Butler's about to like eat. And the thing is, we all set the bar really high for him, but it's like, in reality, we know him from Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. Yes apparently wow. and then it's like he was in zoe 101 hannah montana like and everyone else tries to use these references like oh once a time once upon a time in hollywood like he played this character i'm like we don't care our reference is sharpay's fabulous adventure <laughs> anyways that same guy literally is now elvis and then all the podcasts everything like people were roasting him for like keeping the accent but now after watching the movie and i watched an interview this morning i know jasmine's seen this one but the jimmy kimmel one from like 10 mm-hmm. days ago um, when he talked about like his whole experience um but you mean fallon uh, no it was oh you're right it was fallon it was fallon, yeah. not kimmel sorry um, i, was like, yeah, I didn't see the kimmel one there's a kimmel one we now yeah. have the number one austin butler stand on the podcast and she's gonna come <laughs> no 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 because i was more i was more so like wait there's a kimmel one i didn't I see the kimmel it. one yeah but um so i was like okay damn he spent three years away from all of his friends all of his family having to encompass this person that means so much to American society, regardless of how any of us like feel about him or like any of the things in his past, like so it's a huge cross to bear. And now I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna like fuck around and like joke about it because I'm like, he did an amazing job. And the the critics have kind of been going in on Baz Luhrmann and the film as a whole, just in terms of the pace and how it moves. But in terms of my opinion, did I enjoy all two hours and forty minutes? Yes. 
at times did it move kind of fast and it's like, well, what's going on? Yes, but did Austin Butler eat? And is he about to become a megastar? Absolutely. And I'm so excited for him. So that's my opinion. Yes. Well, and I think that they did a great job of telling Elvis's story in the allotted amount of time that they had. Personally, Mm -hmm. we learned a lot about his upbringing and how Black culture influenced his music. Yes, please. Yes. And I'm not going to lie. That is a whole... That, that's such an important piece of Elvis' history that I did not know about. That is not, that that is a part of him that they do not talk about whenever they talk about his legacy and the history of his impact on rock and roll and in music right. in general. But yeah. it and I I also know too, like there's all his his passing and just towards the later half of his career be, has become a huge like comedic joke to some people. Like they've used it as like memes and and as um, just really inappropriate, tasteless references to how the later half of his life came to be and I think that the film did a great job of depicting the abuse and um him being taken advantage of by his management uh and what led ultimately to his downfall and his unfortunate passing and I will say too I also watched another interview I watched the BuzzFeed interview where Austin Butler is playing with puppies and he he talks about how in this film um he got to play like he got to play Elvis reliving all of the really barbaric, crazy historical deaths and time periods that, you know, happened when Elvis was around. Like, for example, they they play, they showed a perspective of when Sharon Tate was murdered by the Manson cult, whereas in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, Austin played one of like the Manson cult members. And so he was, yeah, like he was saying it was really interesting to like, have now a perspective of both you know yeah 100 percent. um but i mean going back to what you said about the black culture part we spoke about it yesterday with our friend kelly after watching the movie and it's like that's the history that we didn't learn when we were in elementary school and they literally made his entire career um they kind of limited it to this quote-unquote joke of him dying on the toilet which is horrible and now like knowing the full story knowing how he grew up knowing the types of people who influenced him and the icons it's um it was nice to see in the movie them shedding light on all these people telling their names like telling their stories to show that like hey this man did not he's not the um what's the word like, he's not like the butt of a joke word yeah he's not he's not the one who came up with any of this at all and it's like so many different music styles have been like built off the backs of black people so it's good to see that in this movie now in 2022 we're seeing that rather than if this movie were to come out even in like 2015 I don't think we would have gotten um this story and going back to what Jasmine said I'm happy that it's not like a butt of the joke situation either because this is a man's life and the way that he was treated especially in those like maybe 10 final years when they were just really trying to like rinse and by they his management like everything out of him for money's sake it's like that's a person's life you're playing with and they're much more than a performer and it's scary because a lot of those belief systems when it comes to the music industry and like just keeping people alive like you've seen all this we've seen all the shit that like a Justin Bieber and all these people have gone through just because it's like damn show must go on it's like that's someone's life at the end of the day I'm Mm -hmm. thankful that we live in a society now where people are a little bit more akin to that. And it's like you can kind of like see the warning signs. And we're just a lot more educated now because of social media and everything in terms of like seeing people struggle and being able to call it out and be like, that's not okay." So there's a bit more accountability. But that was really scary and sad to watch. Is it okay? It's only in the theaters? Yeah, it's only in theaters for now. But it's definitely one of those movies you want to see in theaters because the visuals, everything was like exquisite. But yes, go see Elvis in theaters right now. I'm so happy that Austin Butler is finally getting the flowers he deserves because we've been new about him. And yeah, all respects to the the living Presley family, um, to Priscilla and Lisa Marie. I can't imagine how, um, what that process was like, you know, to really honor honor Elvis the way that they did. But Mm -hmm um it was amazing congrats to everyone so moving on to other monumental things in pop culture but to a different (laughs) scale when it comes to netflix and tv stranger things have always been a part of the conversation stranger 
Things Volume 4 came out. It has to be maybe, I'm losing track of time, maybe three weeks ago. And yeah. um, Volume 2 of Stranger Things 4 is coming out in a matter of weeks as well. I believe maybe second week of July. Um, Sophie and I both watched it. Sophie, what were your thoughts on Volume 1? Um, stunning, gorgeous, legendary, iconic, one of a kind, um, special. <laughs> let me not, let me not be dramatic. Honestly, um, it's been a while since I've seen Stranger Things because it came out 17 years ago, basically. Um, yeah. And like you commented last time, uh, you're seeing like our little children, like the grownups, and like be in high school, and they they look different, they sound different. Um, they've had a lot of success outside of Stranger Things, so seeing them be thrown back into like the world of Hawkins, and um, it was really interesting. I, I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's such a good TV show. The way, honestly, the cinematography alone, it's just really well made. And like, that's kind of the um, expectations that we have for Netflix and then also Stranger Things as well. And I think that um, it, no one should be disappointed. The storyline's nuts. Plotline mm-hmm. is crazy. Uh, I did appreciate how they always stick to brand. Like, I don't know, Stranger Things, like, that universe is so well-developed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, they've taken it and kind of ran with it and not get, like, too crazy because, you know, mm-hmm. you see some other series where they've created this whole entire universe and then all of a sudden we're, like, thrown into... Riverdale? Yeah! Like, we're thrown into left field and it's like, I know you guys have been away for a couple of years and I know we've had a pandemic, but wait a second. But yeah, Stranger Things, um, I think they stuck to their guns and the acting's always good. The storyline's always good. The plot um, is really good. And it kind of just like leaves you um, wanting more. I, I watched it with um, some of my classmates and the way that they kind of put it, because I'm not a big scary person thing. I'm not a big demon spirits shit. Cause that's a portal that's going to be entered into my life. And so I try to stay away from it. Same. But... I think why Stranger Things has a lot of success is because it is like an eerie, scary concept, but they make it really accessible. Like people that don't like scary movies likes, but they kind of maybe like the horror a little bit. They like they'll like Stranger Things. Yeah, so it's like really it's like yeah the demo the, like the demographic for Stranger Things. There's not like one specific audience that it caters to. Like I think anybody would be able to like watch it and and enjoy it. Huh. Yeah, I, I think it went well. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of scenes in there where I'm like, oh, like the bullying scenes, like, and that's not like ruining, that's not like any, like me ruining the ending or whatever, but there's like a couple mm-hmm. bullying scenes in there. And I was like, oh, fuck, like we kind of, like they sucked it up a notch a little bit. Honestly. Yeah, it was intense. It, yeah, it's an intense se- season in comparison to the last couple of seasons. Um, but yeah, there's like a lot of strong bullying. It's a little bit more gory than what they're, what they've usually put out. Um, yeah, I think they've just heightened things a little bit more, but um there's like a lot of highs and lows and they kind of brought some stuff back from a couple of seasons ago with like the upside down like some some references in the upside down it's like oh i'm like back in like first or second season um, yeah but yeah no i think it was, i think it was good and i'm excited for um, whatever volume two coming out in a couple weeks i don't know yeah. i don't know if they're gonna do another what they are so episodes? it's gonna end after five seasons five seasons for some reason i thought this was the last season but um season five will be the final okay and no I I echo what you said I think the best way to wrap it up is just that it was the scariest season of Stranger Things by far like I couldn't watch it at night so it took me a few like a bit to finish it I just kind of had to binge it over a weekend because I'm like I need to see this when it's light outside this shit is terrifying episode one Even, yeah, the bullying things are scary, but I was like, yeah, get her ass. I'm like, yo, like, if someone comes, I, I, violence is never the answer. However, like, anyone who, like, talks about those bullying things is like, yo, thank God she stood up for herself because that girl was yeah. out of pocket. Oh, no, yeah. That sure. bully was out of pocket. Let me be specific for those of you who haven't seen it. Anyways, yeah. That show um, was scary. I was like, people are so mean. Like, no one yeah. acts that way. Or if they do, fine. Yeah, I honestly, I think, I mean, it's hard because we're not at that age anymore, but apparently from the looks of like media and media kind of reflecting life, 
TV and movies nowadays, like, it's not cool to be a bully anymore. So thank God it doesn't seem like it's as prevalent as it was. I'm sure it's manifested itself in new ways since we're always evolving as humans. But, um, True. yeah, no, it was the scariest. I like the inclusion of the new characters like Eddie. Um, what's interesting about this season is that it was split up between, like, Hawkins and California since, like, yeah. half of the characters, you know, like, moved to California after what happened with Hopper at the end of season three. And I know people were worried about what it was going to be like seeing the gang like split up and like all of them kind of living their own lives. But they did a good job of like balancing it and still making you understand that Hawkins is the central place of the story. Um, I mean, love Steve. Always been a Steve's dad. People love <laughs> Steve. Favorite. People love Steve. I'm trying to figure out the appeal, to be what? honest. What? No, I there know. are amazing Steve scenes in season four. Like, Steve is just, like, an A1 day one. I just love his relationship with what's-his-face, Dustin, and the new girl yeah. from last season, Robin. Like, it's just cute. He's just, like, the older brother, kind of. Yeah. There's, I, there's, so, there's like, a one scene that I want to talk about, but I, I don't know if it's going to, like, ruin anything. Is it this scene where he's taking his shirt off on the boat, and all the kids are like, Wait a minute. No, but it is. It's, oh. it's when he jumps into the, the. Oh lake. yeah, into the water. I said, no one in their fucking right mind no. would do that. Like no. it's unrealistic. Unrealistic. I was like, you guys are crazy. They really. I mean, honestly, they're like kind of, and even like this the the superhero villain trope that's going between like Eleven's head, incredible. The way that they ended that, I was like oh my gosh, like she's been one of those identities this whole entire time. And yeah. they just like, and I think it comments on a little bit more about how we speak about ourselves. Like we all, we all see ourselves one way and other people see us the other way, another way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think she was like, you know, she's kind of speaking to her truth and figuring out her truth. They, they've all seen her this one identity. But then yeah. she started questioning her own identity. And then lo, lo and behold, it gets revealed that she's like, dude, Everyone's been right. Like, and I've been right about myself. I was just questioning because of my circumstances. And I was like, oh. And having someone at that age have that revelation, granted, I understand that she, like, has superpowers. But (laughs) the concept of it, having someone that age come to that revelation, I was like, yes, that's exactly what we need Mm -hmm. conceptually wise. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. No, I I mean, Jasmine, you're going to have to watch it. Yeah. No, you guys. The only thing that's been occupying my TV time is the Kardashians, obviously. But now it's over. Yeah, now it's over, so I got time. Right. And it was like, Kardashians was like 10 episodes, one hour per week. Like, Stranger Things Volume 1, I think you can finish pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. Well, have you seen the rest of them? I have, yeah. I just okay. haven't gotten around to watching season four. I think just because I have this weird thing with, like, since it's been so long. Um, and I know, like, you guys have all reassured me having this conversation. They did it well. And it turns out fine. But yeah, I'm, I'm just like nervous in a way of how season four is going to be with how long it's been. Um, and I'm kind of like Toby where I don't like to watch scary things at night. But the only time I have time to watch TV is at night. Um, yeah. So we'll get to it. But yeah, I'll keep you guys. I'll at least get it done before vol- volume two comes out. So right. then we can have a whole episode dedicated to is, all of season four. Is volume two the same amount of episodes or they just no i think it's less yeah so it's i don't think there's going to be as many episodes why did they break it up because they weren't finished or people think it's because um they wanted to get basically the whole season wasn't done in like post-production like the Mm -hmm. whole of season four so the rumor is they wanted to get the bulk of it out so that they could be um in contention for like emmys and things because there's like a deadline that you have to meet for all the right. award shows for your shows to be considered. So, so low key, what? Low key, smart though. Because like, what if yeah. they wanted to see how we react? What if they wanted to? What if they wanted to like change something? You know what I mean? Like, see how we react and like, oh, like now, because there's a whole bunch of conspiracy theories that are going out there. Like, what if they oh, wanted about- to like play into that kind of stuff? I feel like maybe it's a little smart because I heard through the grapevine, not from anyone in particular but i heard that one of the characters that may or may not have been killed off they like regret killing that person off because they wish they would have continued the storyline with somebody else oh i wonder if it are you talking about from season four from prior season season four oh okay then i don't want to talk about it i i don't want to say it 
Oh, yeah. I mean, let's see. The thing is, Stranger Things is a massive budget production. And now, like, working more in production and, like, managing these, like, workflows and things, every single change costs so much money and so much time that makes me think I'm, like, maybe that theory. I mean, they have the money, but then if if they're able to do it without delaying the season, then I can 100% get behind that theory. But if not, I'm like, mm, I have a hard time believing because that's going to cost a chunk of change. And Netflix has been in some trouble the past year. So, like, do they have the wiggle room? Let's see. Can you do it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. So I feel like, okay, rewrite some, rewrite some shit. Re-edit some shit. Make this happen. I feel like it'd be smart. But, uh, yeah, I forget things cost money. Yeah. And a lot of it. <laughs> but um, moving on to other topics in pop culture i mean there's so many other shows and things we could talk about also like the miss marvel just came up in my head as well because that show is just like phenomenal but just topic for another day because as we mentioned at the top of this podcast two of us went to a concert around nine days ago and not just any (laughs) concert but the five seconds of summer show at the hollywood palladium in la and for those of you who've been listening to this podcast or just known us as people since high school, Five Seconds of Summer was an integral part of our high school years, um, the One Direction period, and our friendship. And so getting the chance to see them at this stage in their lives, I know I'll let Jasmine speak about the experience, but this was my third time seeing them. The other two times, like being associated to like One Direction or some sort of like random pandora festival in la but it's like this was the first time like seeing them as their own entity in their own power it, it was incredible jasmine start us off it, yeah like toby said it was incredible it was insane and it was everything my inner child healing needed starting off with the show we uh, we walked in and toby thought she was prepared Toby was ready. She looked amazing. Her energy was there. And I was nervous the entire time. And right as the lights like go down and their music starts, I literally look at her and I'm like, I am nervous for this. Like, and she was like, what, what do you mean? And again, um, what's, I think what's been really important with our relationship with five seconds of summer is that we are the same age as them. So when their career started in high school, and we be, we were exposed to them and became fans. We were again in high school as well, age. the sa- exact same age. And we have been watching them through the last 10 years, growing alongside of them and to really like sit there and finally for my first time, like be in their presence and to hear all the songs over the last decade that I love and have been such an, have such important core memories based on the time frame that those songs were released at it was the most euphoric but like scary and out of body experience I can ever ever convey like a piece of my soul was taken you can ask Sophie and Toby that the next day I felt nothing inside like (laughs) (laughs) and the thing is I saw the moment happen also so basically she looked so perfect was maybe like the sixth or seventh song in the set list and you hear that like iconic like guitar strum like the ding the first chord the first chord yes everyone I've never and we've seen One Direction Kanye West like all these people I've never seen a crowd react so insanely to that one guitar chord except maybe to run away and that's a crazy comparison yes it was and Jasmine's eyes literally flung to the back of her head she looked like Stranger Things season four like as they start to come to I literally saw it and I was like oh shit it's over it's over I know and again to give you guys uh to give you guys a depiction it's like all those videos that you see of Kanye playing the first piano key of Runaway when that first chord struck for she looks so perfect we all went feral. Like I knew in that moment, I was never going to be the same. And of course they played songs like disconnected. They played, um, every, like so many songs from sounds good, feels good. They played songs from calm, like every album over the last 10 years, they played like really hit integral tracks that again, just have such a staple in their career and and in those time eras. And it takes you back and it, it's just some, I don't even know like the correct <laughs> so words. Yeah, I, I like, don't even know the correct words to 
put it out there but like for example disconnected is my favorite song of all time from five seconds of summer and for some reason like i just like didn't think they would play that because it's not it's not a hit it's not a single it's like it's it's like it's a song like if you know you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's like it's the girls i get it get it if you know you know Um, (laughs) it's, it's a real it's a true fan song and when they played that my heart literally sank to my ass and I in that moment I could have cried and threw and thrown up and like screamed of cheer and excitement for like my young teenage self all in one moment um which is why like not to revert back to our previous conversation but that's why Elvis also resonated with us this is in the movie they show you like how the fans reacted to like the fandomonia like the women especially to Elvis and I was like that was literally us last Friday at five, yeah. five seconds of summer and or just in our entire existence as fangirls it was so relatable it was like watching you it was like watching ourselves on the big screen it was just like yeah yeah like yeah. we were Harding laughing hysterically <laughs> yeah. that, that's the one do? song that was missing was Harding on the big screen they and didn't play yes it? that they didn't no, play they it did that not was play the it. one that's my one qualm with that whole concert is that they didn't play hard they love to they love to fuck with us out here huh by themselves too and like going back to jasmine's point like she did a good job of pulling it together during disconnected i have this like 20 second clip of the intro and my voice is cracking i'm losing it on myself oh god <laughs> i'm like literally just like dying on the inside of me how is this happening but that was beautiful um but that's the one thing the set list because now i was like listening to interviews like after the concert of them like hyping up how this tour is going to be the best five star show they were right mm-hmm. they were talking about the set list and everything and like hearing the way that they think about their own music is so interesting because it's like obviously they wrote it they were part of the creation of it and the songs that they put on this set list were the ones that they feel like represent them the most at this point in their life like 10 years going into their fifth album like that's crazy to be a band for that long and also one that like started in Luke's garage like these are like middle school friends like started a band and then grew it together so just like very genuine looking at it and like seeing their growth and how they think about their discography is so different than the way that we think about it and so knowing that those are all songs that they feel very proud of that they performed kind of made me feel like okay I'll give you a pass that you did not play Heartache on the big screen because it no longer relates to how you feel about your music. But yeah. Yes. And I think a key of why we love them so much, why we connect with them is that they've all always maintained their individuality within their group, but somehow it still works so uniform and so well. Um, and specifically, you can see this in the outfits. So let's just go ahead and start. Luke Hemmings, the definition of sex, wore a sky blue suede suit with a black turtleneck underneath. And I know, like, I think it was Michael that, or Mikey, <laughs> that clown. That is government name. <laughs> Not the government name. I've been doing this thing lately where I refer to people, where I refer to my favorite musicians by their government name. Um <laughs> That but that's for later you on. You just started doing this? Yeah. Been calling Drake Aubrey since 2004. So yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say just well, Aubrey. I know. I was like, we're well, Aubrey's coming up in the third segment of this podcast. You guys already know. But anyways, um, Luke was being clowned for looking like a science teacher by Mikey. Uh, but I forgot about that. No, he killed it. I'm sorry. Like all of them are aging so well, and it is so amazing to to see it in their outfits and to see how like they still choose to express themselves but again the beauty of it is each boy man oh my god each man (laughs) expresses themselves through like their outfit and their stage presence and what they bring to the music but they all just work so cohesively well together and again Luke in the blue suede suit, babe. You yeah, did it. Yeah, that was it crazy. Hit. Oh my God, it was beautiful. Like <laughs> He came out on stage for like, wait a damn minute. I know. I was like, <laughs> hey, hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Up before them. Like, I didn't see four? the vision in high school. Yes, four. And I didn't yeah. see the vision in high school. Like, I loved their music, but I was like, eh, I'm just like not into that like skinny jeans look. The skinny jeans, RIP, that whole thing is gone. They each have their individual style. Callum, king, king, king. <laughs> I ride for Callum, but I mean, I love all of them, but just like shy king energy. Just like, I love, as Jasmine said, I just love all their personalities individually, how they brought it to life on stage. They each are just so in their pocket. 
And the one thing I'll say is that they were just, I mean, of the million things is that they were just so confident. And it was so nice to see them so assured of themselves, like after switching labels and after like, you know, the massive success of their first album and then nothing ever really coming to that point, but still being a massive success and then like really battling with themselves, something that I think we've all done in our 20s. Like, who am I? What does this mean? Am I even doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I even good at what I'm supposed to do? And they're so um, vocal about it. They've never hit it. And so to see them get on that stage and just feel so confident in who they are as men now and just like in their like in their space and just owning who they are as like musicians, everything was so good. Like vocals, like instrumentation, they were just, they just made it seem so easy. And I was like, just so proud of them. I'm like, wow, this, they've talked a big game and they lived up to it. Absolutely. Go ahead, so. Just, I'm just, because we've seen plenty of people on like in concerts and stuff like that, but like that is like literally the most engaging fun part is that like, not only are they good at what they do, but they know they're good at it to the point where they can have fun now. Yeah. And like, we're all just here at this fucking party. They're like, thanks for coming. Like, we're all just here having a good fucking time. Like, yes. it's so sexy. It's like, I, they're out here just running around, playing some music, like, having a good time. They're like, fuck it. Like, I'm good at this shit. Like, I know I'm good at it. I know y'all are going to sing back to me. Like, let's go. I'm like, yes. how am I not? Like, I would be crawling on the stage. Like, someone's got to bring me out. <laughs> honestly no it was getting crazy like a girl passed out before they even got on stage like twice there was two people that passed out yeah jasmine's right it was Mm -hmm. it was a bit intense like the crowd was crazy but going off of what you said even though they do have that confidence maybe jasmine i'd be curious to know if you felt the same way but it felt like the type of confidence where like they're playing in front of their friends yes It, it wasn't this whole thing of like oh you guys are like fans crowd it just even though it was a big show it felt very intimate that it's like hey what's up guys like we're here to like yeah, yeah like, this is like we're all party. fucking rock out to. Yes, yes they're just like let's go it felt like a party with your friends i was like wait i love this energy and it feels yes like, like they are still awesome. so humble and so sweet and they were engaging with the crowd they were reading signs they took home signs from the crowd and and i think too like there's something so special to see them still 10 years later play so well in unity together because they did each um Go yeah well they each did like individual projects during the era of covid just because again there was nothing else that they could do their tour that was scheduled during the time of covid obviously did not happen and and you know this tour commemorates that time frame where they took a break but each of them really took the time in, in isolation to go inward and focus on their own individual projects so i know for myself i definitely had some hesitations um and some worries because we know how a certain other group when they went solo, um, that was the ultimate end of the era. But here, here are four men that show that not only are they strong and talented in their own individual, um, you know, talents, and they have their own like style that they bring to the table, but they still have the bond and the unity of them together as a group. And it's, yeah, it, it was just so humble and so sweet, but so sexy how confident they were. And like, yeah, I, I, I honestly do. I've never heard Mikey talk ever that much. Like, I'm, no, he's like, he's like the voice of the band. I realized I was like, wait, it's like Mikey's like out here running his mouth consistently. <laughs> just like, it's hilarious. But then um, I think what's interesting is, okay, so like Luke released his solo project. So did Ashton. Callum and Mikey didn't and they just like were chilling and it's like I also respect that and it's like you didn't see any sort of I mean at least we didn't see any sort of like jealousy or qualms and the way that they speak about it is like when they came back I heard Callum say in an interview that he was just so like happy to see how like Luke and Ashton became way more confident after their solo pieces and then it's like they came together to do this fifth album and the work that they were able to like make together was unlike anything because it's like they're like wait a second we're confident we can we're well-rounded musicians we can do this whole thing like on our own mm-hmm. quote unquote and it was just like amazing to see um but yeah um new albums coming out in september of this year i think three songs have been released so far and i mean personally what i like about them we can talk about in the weekly plays it's just that it's they're taking cues from like us fans who are like oh we miss like the punk stuff from like high school but we were also like pop fans and they finally like combined it in a way that I think is really seamless and it's like a pocket that it's like yes this makes sense 
I'm enjoying it. I'm excited for it. And on that note, maybe we should get into our weekly playlist. Yeah, absolutely. So what have you been listening to other than your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, so this is my favorite part of of our episodes, but I never know how to describe music. So I think I'm just going to like, just say what they are. Go ahead. Because I'm not gifted in that way. But um, Muna, did we agree that it's Muna? Yeah, we did. They released an album, I think Friday. And I listened to it today while studying. And like, I mean, it's a good album, but like, I like their, I don't know, I kind of like their old shit better. But the song Solid's really good. Kind of, it has a good catch. Like, a, I don't know what the, not chorus maybe? It has a good catch. Chorus? To it. Yeah. Or hook? Hook, hook. Okay. Here we are, hook. Um, kind of boppy, but now I feel like I only listen to, like, I listen to music and I envision them how they would, like, sound live. So I feel like I'd be like, yeah, I would like to, like, be dancing to this in a concert. Mm-hmm. So I like that song. And then, I don't know if I talked about this last time, but there's, I'm kind of on that, like, groove of, like, what are, songs that I would like to dance to at a concert and then songs that I would like to listen to while I'm at the beach. And there's another song called Beach Boy by... Benet, maybe Benny, B E N E E. It's really cute, okay. beachy vibes. Like, go get some sun, go jump in the ocean a little bit, that kind of shit. So, those are like the two songs that I think would be fun. Oh, also, there's this call, song called Black Tame by Topaz Jones. Kind of like soulful RB with like new kind of, um, like, I don't want to say grungy, but I feel like it gives me like a little grunge vibes in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Because there's, like, that new wave of, like, black R&B that, like, mm-hmm. not, like, um, Gene Dawson, not on. No, that. yeah, that's a bit more rocky. Yeah, not that on that end, but, like, kind of, like, groovy, groovy grunge. Maybe that's, I'm pointing that term. Groovy grunge. That's kind of that vibe. I like it. So that's what I've been okay. listening to. That's my thoughts. Yay. Oh, my God. I'm so hyped that you got to squid in some music this last month. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you needed. Um, obviously from the rant that we just went on about five sauce, as I'm sure it doesn't come to any surprise that that's pretty much all I've been listening to, um, both pre and post the concert. And I mean, every era we're talking disconnected out of my limit, wherever you are easier, want you back, um, red desert teeth. What else? Um, yeah, complete mess me, myself and I, those are the new ones. And then of course, I have to give an honorable mention to Opry Drake Graham for finally re- dropping a fifth album or no, a seventh studio album um, in less than a year from Certified Lover Boy. But we have honestly never mind out. Uh, I know for some people it's taking some time to get used to, but it is an oomph, oomph music summer and we all have to get with it. Of course, my favorites are Texco Green, Liability and Jimmy Cooks. Of course, Jimmy Cooks is the most um, it's the one that sounds the most like Drake. It's the rap song. I love a 21 Savage collab with drake and so yeah those those are my fave um what i've been listening to and my thoughts have been very saturated by celebrity men that i'm in love with so that's that what about you tobes um i will shout out jimmy cooks because that's a fucking banger um and i mean mr right now 21 savage and drake was in my top five from last year so i mean it's not mr right now level to me but i do love jimmy cooks um, also on the same vein as Jasmine, I've been listening to a lot of Five Seconds of Summer, but primarily just because I'm really excited about the album coming in September, Take My Hand is the third song that they've dropped from um, this new album, and I love it. It's just really, really good. It's almost, it's almost indie poppy, and it also sounds like something Jack Antonoff would write. So yesterday I Googled, I was like, oh, who did this? But it's produced by Mikey and Luke wrote the whole thing by himself. So round of applause to our man in the blue suit because he ate. And it's just like, it's weird because it sounds like a love song, but I think it's actually like a love song to yourself. And it's really nice like hearing like men talk about mental health and he's kind of like hinting at an experience I mean they each have their own unique experiences like growing up in the band but it's like the first part of the song is talking about like life at 17 and like looking in the mirror and being like oh like are you gonna like take my hand and be on this journey with me and then again like at 23 and like seeing that growth and it's just it's a really pretty song almost like a Taylor Swift type story 
mm-hmm. but then make it like indie pop and five seconds of summer. And I mean, <laughs> they ate. It's it's a grown up song and it's kind of reflective, but it's not too grown up because, I mean, as Jasmine said, we're the same age as these guys. So it's they're talking to themselves and about themselves in a way that we would. So it's just really heartwarming of a song um, to listen to. But yeah, that's what I've been listening to. I think Charlie XCX drops a new song in like a couple days with Tiesto, which should be fun. Um, like she like kind of like hinted at it like dancing on a yacht I was like yes bitch this is the vibe for the summer that's my own own summer yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but thank you all so much for listening to this episode it was a long one but a banger Mm -hmm. Um, you know where to find us and yeah we're really excited about this summer and excited for you all to be on this journey with us Yes. And next month is going to be Toby's birthday podcast. So make sure to stay tuned. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, but yes, we love you all. Follow us on Instagram. You know, the deal, send us an email per usual, visit our website and stay tuned for Toby's Ted talk. Love you guys. Bye. I'm Sophie. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Toby. And you've been listening to the, the weekly, weekly bay